Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Cristiano, the host of To The Point Home Services Podcast. And yes, you got it. We are back for part two of the Dave Geiger story to half a billion dollar service company. So you can stop messaging me and messaging Tall Paul. It's finally here. But before that, quick PSA. If you're listening for the first time, episode number 72 was part one of the Dave Geiger story. So you want to go back and reference that. But I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, and I got to give a quick shout out to my team. I don't do this very often, and I got to do it right now. Five of the top 25 Dave Linux Awards, customer. Bryant Dealer of the Year Award, customer. ACA Contractor of the Year Award, both residential and commercial. Rhino, customer. Shout out to my Rhino family. Listen, if there's ever a time when you thought about wanting to be a part of the Rhino family, it's right now. We are going heavy in the back half of 2021 with our HVAC plumbing, electrical, garage doors, and even roofing, and super heavy into 2022. Now's the time. If you want to be a rhino, get on board. Enjoy this episode with my man DG. Let's go. This is To The Point, a rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It's your host, Chris Yon, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. And Tall Paul, listen, I'm going to get right into it because this is part two from the original episode, number 72, this Dave Geiger, the DG story to a half a billion dollars, billion, Paul. That's right. We left some people hanging, so today's a big deal. We did. The volume of people, I was telling Dave this uh, pre-podcast and even in some of our phone calls previously, is that everybody's reaching out saying, when's part two? When's part two? So yeah. DG, listen, do not disappoint, man. The story is what it is. I promise you listeners, you are in for a treat. So hold, hold we, on, what? Chris, I, I just realized something. What? So you published episode one and everyone naturally thought you would publish then episode two, but you snuck in a Leland Smith episode <laughs> to drive the rankings. Now you're okay. Now, now it's making more sense. Well, actually I think what it is is that Leland era Frank or somebody's like, Oh wait, I heard Dave's let's get, then they flew in. They tried to one up you DG. They tried to one up right. you fly in, sit right here and do it with me. No, it, I'll tell you what, I listened to that last night, uh, Leland and Frank and, they're great guys. I, I really, really enjoyed their their podcast and uh, very, very happy for their success. Well, I, I'm excited for you guys all to be together at Rhino X uh, next year. So that's going to be an exciting time for for all of us. Um, I know they're really excited about about that too. So, but hey, Dave, welcome back. Appreciate you making time for us again. Sure. And uh, and we're going to get right into it because from the last podcast, I so rudely interrupted everyone and cut it short. But I think it's going to be worth it. And we stopped kind of really right around that 2008-2009 um, era. So I say we just pick right back up from there. And then also, um, I think it's extremely important to we've heard multiple, um, you know, multiple people's perspectives on the whole M&A deal and what partnerships looks like and all the stuff that's been going crazy from some major sources. And I can't wait for Dave to get in, into that and share his experience because he certainly had quite a bit of it. So, DG, I say right off the bat, let's just go ahead and, and let's roll into the 2008, 2009 years. We'll take it all the way up to, uh, you know, to date, and then we'll start talking about some of the things that have happened along the way, and we'll get into our questions. Does that work? That's, that's fair. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. So, 2008 had been about five years after we bought the business back from in 2003. We had 
one location in, in Wilmington, Delaware, and we're just opening up our Pennsylvania location. And we had two different locations, which was, you know, a skill we had to learn. And then, uh, you know, one of the things we did in 2008, a big thing that we did is we, Mark hired uh, a consulting firm, Rich Hershaw, who was, he was a marketing guru and really helped brand the business where we, we went heavy on TV, radio, and print, the traditional. Uh, and that kind of really propelled us. And what that did is that the, the, the market area, the Philadelphia market area that crossed over into New Jersey, that brand was kind of marinating over there. So we quickly, we kept saying no to customers in New Jersey. We figured that out that we should <laughs> say yes and go, go in there. And, and in another two years, we had three locations. So in like 2010 or so, yeah. we opened up uh, in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. And we took the learnings from the, the King of Prussia office and brought them over and, and just scaled it from there. Now, part of, so that, part of that brand though, Dave, has a very, very popular color involved with it. What is that color? That's orange. <laughs> that's orange, yeah. that's right. Yeah, we painted the, the town orange and, and we marketed like crazy and really, really drove the business. So 2008, 2010, even though, you know, the recession was, was a headwind, we really doubled down on our marketing and really try not to participate in all the <laughs> recession stuff. And we, we grew through that whole, that whole period. Um, and we, we, we were probably about 70 million or so. At, we're probably not that high, probably 50 million at that time. Um, we decided to open up into Baltimore, which is outside of that Philadelphia market. So we were feeling really smart, right? We had these three locations. <laughs> we thought we knew this, and we could just greenfield at this new location. So we went down to Baltimore. We got a warehouse. We hired a team. We put some marketing out, out there. We got equipment in the warehouse, and uh, it was slow going. <laughs> we, we spent a ton of money trying to get the business up and running. It, it, it took probably three or four years for it to really grab hold. And that's when, um, you know, it worked out. I mean, today is a, that's about $35 million location, but it just took too much time to, to start from scratch Yeah. and too much money. We could have done an acquisition and, and developed it from there. So that was probably, I mean, move faster. That moves us all the way up to like 2014 or so. Um, 2015, we decided to try a larger acquisition. Acquisition We had done some small ones before, but this was the first real acquisition. I believe it was about seven or $8 million of, of revenue. Um, we bought outside of our area. So one of the criteria is we want to make sure we could get on a plane and fly to it so it wasn't around the corner, right? So we wanted to build those muscles. And we, we found a great partner in Kevin Moriarty up in uh, uh, Windsor Locks, um, Connecticut, um, Harp Home Services, and he's still with the with the business today, and and that business is is now I think twenty five or thirty million as well, which has supplied the principles and kind of shared back and forth, and and grew that business. So so by then we had opened multiple locations, we had greenfield at a location, and we did an acquisition. I wanted to do more, more acquisitions. You know, we were at this time, we we're probably a hundred million or so. I wanted to kind of, you know, do some more. My partner was, 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 didn't, didn't really care for that, that risk. And he was more okay with, with 
kind of transitioning out of the business, which is fine. We just had different, sure. different places. So we, uh, we went and started looking for a, a partner and about probably the end of two, probably about the middle of 2016, we did that. We interviewed a bunch of buyers and, and, uh, you know, we wanted to find, I wanted to find somebody that was a partner, uh, that I could, you know, scale with in the business, um, and build a business. You mean one that would say yes, like you do? (laughs) The one that had, one had the capital, the one that had, uh, you know, desire to actually grow, grow the business through acquisition. So, you know, when I said, said yes, and in the, the other episode, what I meant by that is, is, you know, saying, saying yes to ha- bringing in more, more technicians and having the confidence yeah. to grow the business and put more marketing out there and, and try new things. You know, that's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah, no, I, I, I just kind of threw that in there, but I, I understand what it is. You said that that was in one, it's in, it, it's interesting that you interviewed like they, like this, do you talk about it as an interview process? Like, um, in that manner, but you said that was in 2016. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So and then we, we didn't transact until February of 17. Got it. So that whole, well, yeah. So the whole process started, what, Q3, Q4, somewhere? Actually, probably a little, little before that. We oh, took wow. our time. We weren't, we weren't in a rush. Got it. Okay. So now you're into 2017. Yep. And so we, so we partnered with uh, a private equity firm called Sun Capital and they were great partners. We, we, uh, you know, one of the things that's really important when you're when you're picking a partner to is not only is you know make sure the integrity is there and honesty and alignment, but also you know what is the goal? What's the plan? What are we what are we trying to achieve here? And uh, you know, we we interviewed a few. I really like these guys. Mark and I both liked them. Um, they had a pretty good track record, and and uh, we ended up partner with them. Yeah. Because part of it is you have to still share your vision of like, or things that you're wanting to do and then find the right people to do it. Cause it ha- that that's equally as important as making sure that it's the right fit. Right. Like it, right. so, and that you go, cause you still kind of got to want to do business with, with them. And, and you're talking, this is big business. It's big. These are big plans. So, so you find Sun Capital in 2017 and like, so what's, so what's now what are we morphing into? What's, how's this Play in 2017, out. you know, we laid our plan, we, which was acquisition, organic growth, and, and we picked the key drivers of the business to work on. Uh, we, we made a few, few big purchases right out of acquisitions out of the gate, uh, gold medal in central Jersey, Jersey. And, and Catfield. And that was really good because they were, they were larger for us. And, uh, we started building our muscles and through that whole period, which our plan was a five-year plan to, to, um, for the investment, we get, we achieved our, our goals in, uh, about 32 months. So wow. it was a, it was a short Dang. hold. It was successful for, for them and very successful for us sure. because we, we rolled into the, the investment, which, and we can get into that later when we're talking about, you know, different yeah. strategies of M&A, but, um, I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. So, um, which, hey, by the way, Tall Paul and I have spent plenty of time uh, at that old gold medal building, like lots of hours, actually. <laughs> we spent there with uh, Mike A and uh, Zadati and all that. Yeah, whole, they, did, they did a great job. All the crew, I would say so. 
Yeah, so so those, those first few big acquisitions, particularly, let's talk about Castile down in North Georgia, right? Yep. Um, how did you develop those muscles and what was it like from an operational standpoint, really having influence and in driving the things that were important to you down there? So, you know, like all the, all, every business has things that they do really well and things that they need help with. So what we did was we, we went down there and we tried to understand the business. You know, we tried to, um, understood before being under understand before being understood right mm -hmm. we wanted to we wanted to see what they were doing and uh and see see what, what they were doing well and what we could help them with so that that really took 60 to 90 days we invited them up to our locations we had we held our own kind of peer group together and walked through the different processes and just just showed them what we did we saw what they did and we made a plan going forward we'll do this and we'll do that we'll do this Got it. And in 36 months, you said hit your goals, then what? <laughs> so in 36 months, uh, you know, Sun Capital had hit their goal and they went looking for a partner. Uh, so we, again, you know, we went to market in, in the end of second quarter in 19, wow. um, talked to a, to a, a few, uh, PE firms, a few groups, uh, we really like the, the the one we we partner with, New Mountain Capital. Uh, their their core values lined up very very well. Um, what I liked is they never missed an interest payment. They never <laughs> bankrupted the company. Important. They've been, they've, never, they've been successful in every business in every venture they've they've done. Another really cool thing is they had uh, I think over fifty thousand net job creations in their portfolio of companies. Wow, wow. So so it's not a buy and cut strategy is a buy and grow strategy. And uh, I like how they really could help round out the C-suite. They were, they've been really helpful in finding a, a CMO, a chief information officer and so forth. So really looking to put the team together to take the, the business again from where it was to where we want to go. So, so they were, they were really instrumental in helping find key, like, good key leadership, what sounds, yep. which is yep. huge. We heard like everybody talking about obviously how important when scaling um, phenomenal leadership is to, you know, the importance of that scale and, or the, or the efficiency of it, all the above. Um, yeah. I want, I want when to you think, when you think, let me just get this out. You know, when you think about it, started the business at 87, we sold it in 17. So 30 years later, about 120, 125 million, 30 some months later, we were like 280 <laughs> so, revenue yeah of revenue so that that's fast pace yes. right you get the cycle sped up then, a little bit <laughs> yeah and now now from this whole period you know we're already at five it's going to be 500 end of the year but again that's that cycle so you need you need great leadership you need a lot of capital and we we feel really happy with the partner we have so one congratulations. That's it's an exceptional story, and I love hearing it. Um, so, how how many um, how many brands are in the family now in the whole Horizon family? There, there's there's twenty twenty some like twenty two brands. Now, not all of them were were big brands. You know, some of sure. them maybe a smaller tuck in that yep. we still we still keep their brand alive, but we may not be running the truck for for like one of those brands like. Like Team Electric was a small, small three-man operation that we just rolled in. So 
we can have it alive, but it's not, it's not the lead brand. Got it. So that's, I mean, that's a decent, that's a decent chunk of, of, uh, people of different brands in the family, different companies that have rolled in, which means there's, you know, 22 or so different owners of these businesses. And so I think this is a good segue into, um, what is this? Because we talk about, um, with, with, uh, people who are considering, you know, either selling their business or partnering or whatever it is, you've, you know, you've been involved in a lot of, um, in a lot of these things, obviously. And when people are considering making an exit, I, this is a, it's something that I get that Paul and I have talked about multiple times too. And what does that really even look like? Because I still believe that there's a misunderstanding of what it looks like to make an exit. Cause an exit doesn't mean you just leave. Like there's a, there's options. So what is that like? Tell what's your thoughts on that, Dan? So that's a great question. You know, it's, you know, exit, the word exit is used a lot, you know, it sounds yeah. like they're running for the fire exit. Some may be. <laughs> some may be, right? So I, I, there's probably three different scenarios, right? So you could be retiring or wanting to leave your business and that's where you're, you're selling it, uh, you know, for the best price you can sell it, still making sure you get the right buyer for your team, your team and that it right. can, your legacy can carry on, but you're, you're less concerned about having to work with, with that, that group, right? So you, because you're leaving, but sure. there's a lot of other things to consider. Mm -hmm. And then there's a transition where you're, you're going to be working with them for six months or so, and then stepping aside, maybe taking a different role in the business. Um, and then there's a partnership. And, and that's what I was looking for is as a partner that I could uh, roll uh, as much as I could into the next, the next, uh, company yep. and and take that and their knowledge and, and our knowledge and grow the grow the business and uh, there's three distinct different outcomes there right and and you need to be focused on which one either of those three are fine just as long as you're honest and upfront in going into it with with the seller yeah it's it's actually pretty been pretty interesting even after all the uh, M&A activity so heavy over the last year and a half um, that people, there's still plenty of people that don't think that there's more than just an exit as an option, like knowing that what a partnership even means or what that looks like or any of those things. So, which we still hear frequently. Now you said, I think you said it was the, the electric company was like one to three was it one to three people, one to three trucks. It was something small, yeah, right? that was, that was small, yeah, yeah, small. So, but why that stands out is you would think, Mike, well, my goodness is, you know, they only want to, you know, they only want to partner with bigger companies. And that's not always it. Like you mentioned to Tuckin, that was essentially what Tuckin is, but what I, I know I'm kind of going off a little bit, but talk about that for a second on why that was important to you at that size of a company and why that Tuckin was important to your, to your plan, your growth plan. Yeah. So that, that was a small company. It was more electric. It helped us get over uh, closer to the, the shore area in uh, New Jersey. Uh, had had you know a few texts and, and plenty of calls. We wanted to grow that that business over there. We have now opened up a location, so that was. You know, I don't want to kind of focus on that because we did a lot. Sure, <laughs> a lot other of course. A lot of deals were less bigger, but yeah. And the and the reason I asked you to talk about it is because I don't. You know, obviously there's some you do different. You come up with different partnerships for different reasons based on whatever your growth plan is. But at the end of the day, you know what you want. Like you have a plan. And so 
whether what I'm hearing you say with the going back to the exit question is you have to know what you want. You know, you have to know what you want, but you also have to understand your options to know, I think, to make, to make that good decision. And so that's where all these podcasts and, and uh, um, guests that we've had on have talked about these things is starting to, I think, educate people m- much more now. And then they're yep. trying to figure out, well, now what? Who do I go to? Where do I go to? And that's what's great about you having so much experience in doing this and sharing your perspective is it's just it's another option. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah. So, you know, this is a great industry, great businesses, and, and uh, it's an amazing time. Right? Never had the multiples been so high. And, well, we can debate how long they're going to stay, but there's always cycles. Yep. I thought they were going to go down last year, but they went up. So probably not a good predictor of where they're going. <laughs> but, but what I do know is that if you're focused on your business every single day and it's getting better and growing and, and you're just improving every day, you're increasing the value of, of, of your business. And, and that's pretty darn exciting. If I was, if I owned a, a business now by myself, I would want privately, I would want to know what it's worth. So my recommendation is in this market, whether you want to sell or not, at least know what the score of the game is. Go, go talk to a few people. Um, and let us give you a, a evaluation, whoever, you know, interview a couple people, know what, try to know what your end game is, what your goal is, and see where you are. Are you 50% of the way there? Or you, did you think you were 75% of the way, but now because multiples and the tax consequences that are in place now, the tax is going up, that it makes sense to do something now versus later. So I think that it's, it's important to know what the value of your business is. So along those lines, Chris, if you don't mind, real quick question. I was having a uh, conversation with a contractor yesterday who shared with me that after about 30 years, he's ready to consider bringing on a partner, potentially selling the business. And there were two things that were really keeping him from um, moving forward in the conversations. One is he's not had to work for anybody for 30 whatever years, right? The second one is he had a really hard time wrapping his mind around how to quantify ad backs. So how to show his actual true net profit. Do you run into that? And what suggestions or recommendations do you have for people that are evaluating? (laughs) Oh boy. Telling that financial story. Ad backs are a beautiful thing. They sure are. (laughs) (laughs) So my recommendation is go through every line item and understand, you know, so if if, if 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 an expense is going to go away, or if it was a one time, say there was a, a legal matter or a partnership uh, valuation or any, anything like that, it's a one time one time expense. You know, if the, if if a car is being paved through the business and that car is not going to be part of the assets of the business going forward, that's an add back. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that day one the new buyer can, can not pay is an add back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. His, his argument was forever. He's been trying to show that he's not profitable and now he has to show that he's profitable. So it seemed like a daunting task for him to consider. Yeah. Well, I would say start running it 
more like a business and 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 keep track of things is okay to have ad backs but uh you know you want to make sure your financials are clear so that you can have a, a successful exit yeah i think this perfect. is this is like a perfect example of if, if if you know what you want it might take a couple of years for you to start changing it up now and doing it like dave yep. says more like a business so that way uh, but then again too in the valuation process too you should be able to you should have good leadership there to, to teach you about those things as well yeah and this you can normalize it you can go back in there yeah, so, so well, I, even though I kind of bringed up the, elect, you know, what brought up the electric company, I just said bringed, I'll just bringed up, brought you up. You can edit this. Brought up the. Uh, you were, uh, you were bringed up in Indiana. It's was, all good. I was bringed up in Indiana. Um, <laughs> what are, I mean, obviously you have some big players that are part of the family. What are the biggest things that you, that you look for specifically in like a potential partnership with the contractor? Is that something you share? Yeah, there's there's a lot of things to consider, you know, first of all, you know, what is the owner going to do? That's, you know, let's get that out on the table and mm -hmm. understand from there, you know, what is the management uh, team below it? You know, is, is it, are they, is the owner now absentee or is he running the business? Are we going to have to promote somebody from in the business or we have to find somebody to, to run the business? Yep. So what the structure is going to be. I like to find out what, what they think is going well and where they need help so that we can kind of formate, formulate a plan going forward. Uh, I'd like to know the market and what's the reputation of the, of the business. Um, where do they feel could, we could invest in the business to grow? Is it another add-on location? Is it more training, more text, more advertising? Kind of formulate that plan. Got it. Is there a... Um... Is there like a is there like a potential size that you guys look for or that you have like a good portfolio there that you that falls in your wheelhouse? Yeah, so we've we've done everything from you know those few trucks to to probably gold medal was the largest at uh, I believe they were around thirty million when we we purchased them. Uh, there's kind of like three different kind of scenarios. One is a smaller business that you may tuck into existing location that's or on the on the near fringe of a location or then adjacent mark market that's you know maybe still the same dma but it's just out a little bit uh, so you could do a you know five to ten million dollar business and then usually a platform is a larger business right. being being say 15 i'm just using round numbers but 15 million or so outside of the the, the market is that does, does that done lower than that as well does that typically, do you guys look for like a specific market? Like, so it's not just the size of the actual contractor, but it's also the market and the opportunity within that, that market. Is that part of the, is that a piece of the puzzle? The market is definitely important. Yeah. We, you know, you, you want to make sure we have enough households to scale the business. You sure. Know? You got to be able to have some meat on the <laughs> bone because every, I think even with, um, even some of the folks that are the contractors that have, um, a lot of market share, in the grand scheme of things, that market share is actually not as big as you probably think it is. There's usually a ton, but it has to be within the right market. And I just wonder, because obviously you, you know, where you guys are up in the Northeast and me and Phoenix, our markets are very different in regards to our weather patterns and kind of things that we do. But, you know, it's, that's why I'm just, I'm always curious to hear, you, you know, what's the, is there something more besides the business? And it's just like, if I'm, if I'm sitting in, you know, if I'm, if I'm running a $10 million company and I'm sitting in Cleveland, Ohio, am I appealing to somebody, you know, or yeah. if, you know and that's, <laughs> and, and that's just why I'm like, I ask these questions because I get asked it all the time and I don't pretend like I know 
the answers to some of these questions. The best thing I can do is repeat what I've heard from like guys like you or from, you know, who I've come to know and friends with or or transactions that I've been a part of, whether it's my customers that have been bought or people come to me or friends come to me and say, Hey, I'm thinking about going to market. I don't have all the answers. I literally will just reference back to these (laughs) or connect them directly with you guys. But I just want the listeners to, to start to, you know, because so still a lot of times they'll hear these things and they won't take action. They won't reach out to anybody in fear of something, um, whether it's too small, my business is a mess. I don't have good leadership. These are all things I've heard. Um, or I'm just done, but they that's also, why, that's why I would say two, two things. One is know what your, what a great outcome. What, what is success? If you were to sell your business, what is, what would be the ultimate success of, you know, replacing your income or wealth number or whatever it is, what is success? It's going to take a while to figure out. You're going to need some help trying to figure out what that is. And then, and then two, find out where you are, right? To on that scale, go get a, go get a, a valuation. And through that, you, especially if you had a, had a couple of them, the buyers are going to tell you, yeah, right. This is good. And we're, we're concerned about this. And if the number is not where you want, you know, where to go work. Yeah. And if you feel like you don't know, you ask for help on how to start figuring that out. It's not like you have to know right now, but if you don't know, and it's, this is something you're considering, you got to get it together. Like Dave was saying, you got to run the business. So I want to ask a quick, quick question just to piggyback on that, Paul, and then you can go. Okay. Cause I know you, you can see something. me <clears throat> chopping yeah, yeah. at the bit yeah, over but, here, but this like goes to it. Um, I got asked this question the other day on the cost of evaluation and, and like I, it varies, I think based on kind of how deep you go and like there's different processes, but, um, What's the, you know, I mean, can you give the listeners an idea of a cost of, you know, of, or even if it's a ballpark for a good valuation, like what they should be looking at in regards to evaluation? Well, if you have, if you have good accounting and you can kind of get your ad backs together, you can sign an NDA and then provide your financials and get a pretty good guide or, you know, benchmark of what the price is going to be before you sign the LOI. Once the LOI is signed, letter of intent, then you have to start spending money on professionals, an right. accountant, and a QAV. QAV is usually done by the uh, buyer, uh, paid for by the buyer. Uh, so it really doesn't cost cost some time, not a lot of money to get a, a you know, an offer. Got it. So. Wow, you can go into it without having to spend anything on evaluation. You just got to make sure again. You know, like you know, before you go through the process, it's a. Uh, it still blows my mind. Like, you can only hide stuff for so long. It's going to come up in diligence. <laughs> so you might as well just be come clean with it. Yep. All right, Paul. Paul, Paul go you ahead. To, you have to put those custom shoes you bought me last year back in. Um, One time <laughs> expense. Um, so I want to really model the three different scenarios you talked about, Dave, and that is kind of the retirement model, the transition model, and then the partnership model. What I love to do is actually use real scenarios that you've had, if you're comfortable with that. If you're not, we can just talk through hypotheticals. But, you know, if you could contrast maybe gold medal versus Castile, uh, Castile, what did that look like for um, the people who sold it for you? And then what did it look like 36 months later for them? Um, However you want to approach that. So, um, so we'll take gold medal. Uh, you know, Mike and Rob had a great business. They 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 built it up from wherever they they're very small when they came together, and they built it to I, I, can't, I think it was right around 20, 28 million or so in revenue. 
uh, 36 months later, the first day or so, they trans transformed out of the business or transitioned out of the business. Completely we out. Completely out. Um, Mike and Rob were available for phone calls. It was, it was the plan, right? They wanted to be more involved in the CEO warrior and did a great job with, with that. And that's where their passion was. And, and that was cool. We knew that going in. They, they and no a, stake in the business going forward. They took the chips off the table. Yep. Okay. We, got we, it. We were okay. 36 months later in that business, it was, it was, I'm going off the top of my head, probably around 50 million. Um, and, and we had opened up, we bought another business up in Northern Jersey. Uh, gold Metal was doing some business up there, but we bought Waterworks, transitioned that to Gold Metal, and now also opened up on the east side. So but going in there, Joe Tadero was, was one of the service managers. He moved up to the GM, and then now he's a regional guy for us. So we created opportunity within that business. As a, uh, one of their managers is now a general manager at a, another business we own. So there's lots of opportunity because they did a good job training their people. So you really have to know at that moment what your end goal is, because I would be, I would be paralyzed in that decision right now going, do I sell it all or do I stay on? Do I partner? So what, is an, what does a partnership look like where they don't take all the chips off the table? Yeah. So probably one of the best stories I know of the group that was with us was at Harpone Services. Kevin, um, we did that. If you remember the story, we bought them prior to Sun. Right. So he, he kept about, I think about 30% of the business. He oh kept. So then a year later it sells. I think he made more on the second time. And then 32 months later it sells again. And I think he made more that time on the, that time and he's still in the business. So he's, he's pretty smart. <laughs> and, and, and he did it for the same reason. He loves, he, We'll have conversations. He'll, he'll go off on, oh, this is good. We're open this building. We we hired this guy. He's he's in the business, and he just has his equity, and he believes in himself and his team to be able to grow the business. So wow, what a good that story. That's an example of a, of a partnership, and and he's still working today. Gotcha. And and from if I'm understanding you correctly, you prefer the partnership model for a couple of reasons. Um, well, I personally prefer the partnership. Uh, model because I'm in the business. I love, I love it. I, I'm not going to judge what anybody should do. Right. I think there's different circumstances and an exit of a person who wants to sell and retire or sell and go do something else. Totally cool. It's, it's their decision. Yeah. It's circumstantial. Like obviously it's, you know, so, but I can see, you know, um, you know, I was just actually meeting with my CPAs yesterday and we were talking through some different things and just investments and stuff that my wife and I have made. And, and you've kind of heard like, uh, if you use your age as a reference, like I can be higher risk. I mean, I'm 42, so I can still be higher risk, you know, on some of my investments. So I don't want to have moderate risks. I actually feel like the, over the last year and a half or so, um, that the risk of the, isn't, <laughs> really all that high if you decide you want to stay on a partner just because of the of the excitement and the growth and like all the you know around the home services space i agree with you chris you know especially if you know you look at some of the track records of some of the, your partner or what have they done in the past i recommend you pick up the phone and you call uh other owners 
uh, that they've done business with and owners that they've done business with and have exited out over time, right? So that, you know, maybe they've gone through the next the next transition or the next exit and and really have a, a good heart to heart. What was it like? What were you fearful of? What was it really like? Because um, you'll learn a lot. Yeah, I, something, something else you said that I think um, that I that I think is great, and I'm a huge fan of, is you mentioned how you were able to take um, from gold medal, and I forget what you said his name was, but he went into the GM role, and now he's a regional. When regional is basically somebody who oversees some of your other brands, right? Like you probably have multiple regionals, right? So uh, we have uh, we have three regional vice presidents, four re- now, four regional vice presidents, uh, and Joe has the upper northeast with four or five locations. But what's awesome about that is um, it creates more opportunity for that partner's staff. Like there's more opportunities. So almost you can you get to enhance career pathing or there's just multiple options now for growth along with that partnership, whether it stays on board as a partnership or there's a, a total exit. I mean, that's the point is you're trying to leave your team. And I don't think anybody's like, all right, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and, and sell the whole thing, make an exit. And I don't really don't care about, you know, the team. Cause if that was it, if that was the case, you probably, you might reconsider a partnership with that or buying that person's business. No, no doubt about it. Now I can think of another story also was in gold medal, uh, Megan, who was an install coordinator who got promoted in different position. Now is run as a GM at one of the locations Very cool. Uh, in, in Monmouth County. Yeah. And that's, I mean, listen, that's part of the, probably part of the fun for you as I've gotten to know you. Um, that's probably part of the fun for you is, is it's, it's neat to look for probably for you to look back and, and see what opportunity you've created. And listen, those are human beings, lives that are impacted, you know, by this. And, uh, that's pretty important to make sure and pretty cool. Yep. Half a billion on the way. Bees. <laughs> so Dave, um, investing in home service companies, HVAC companies is really, really popular right now, as, as you well know. Um, what's the competitive landscape look like for you as there's more buyers out there, there's more groups, there's more portfolio companies, and you're all kind of doing it differently. Is that is it different now than it was a couple of years ago? And, and what's the landscape look like? Is it friendly competition? <laughs> well, an eye roll. It's more more expensive. You don't want to post where you're traveling. I'll tell you that. Oh, people know where you're going. Oh my goodness! Yes. I wish you guys could see Dave's face. You got to watch the YouTube version of this. That was funny. Sorry, I didn't mean to ask a beta question like that. Actually, I totally did. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to interrupt you. You know that I'll speak for myself. What I try to do is build relationships, and and when somebody wants to sell the business, I get a phone call. And we, and we have an honest conversation. And I, I say, you know, do you know what your goal is? What do you, what do you want out of it? Do you want to stay, have that kind of conversation to, to understand what the fit's going to be? And you know, I've taken calls from people and, and they've gone with someone else. And that's fine. I just, I just you know, want to help them. What is this thing going to look like? going into next year? Cause everybody's talking about like right now there's this huge you know, push for it to get done this year because of the potential capital gains and stuff like that. And it's not like this stops, you know, next year. I mean, there's, it still has to continue to, to go on, but what is it? What does this whole M and a space look like over the next few years to you? Like, what do you, what are you thinking or seeing or what are who you're talking with? 
A good question. Now, we have a five-year plan, and in that five years, we have a certain amount of acquisitions we want to do in any of those years. Right. So there's going to, we're still need, going to need to still buy good quality businesses going, going forward. Um, the multiples, I don't know what the multiples right. are going to do. You know, they may go up, they may go down. Um, I wouldn't really focus on that. I would focus on what am I doing to improve my business every single day? Because you can outpace what the multiple is going to do by just having great growth in your business and trying to focus on satisfying clients and team members. And that will lead you to profitability. Yeah. What, I, yeah go ahead, Paul. I was going to ask, what are some resources? If, if someone hears that loud and clear and says, you know what, it's nose to the grindstone. I'm going to make this place a better operating business. Where do you start and what are some resources to really get on track? Well, you know, I was listening to, to Leland's podcast last yesterday and he reminded me of how we did, did that group where, you know, we found there was five or six of us that talked every other week. We shared financials. We shared, we had one financial call. We had one operational call a month and, and we just traded stories, right? You know, what are you guys doing about this? How are you dealing with this? Hey, I had this idea. What do you think? And so I would say, number one is get a, get a group of a peer outside of your market so you can share openly and, and, and be honest, right? Uh, don't try to impress anybody. Just, just, Hey, this is what I'm going through. This worked or this didn't work. That's probably number one. I would join some kind of group, whether it be Nexstar or another group. I love Nexstar. <laughs> I've been there since 1996 and uh, I'm on the board now and, and I just love their, their culture and, and what they're all about. So that's a plug for them. I think it's, I think it's a great, a great organization, but whatever you can do to keep, to get in front of other owners and find out what's working and what's not working. This episode is brought to you by Nexstar again. <laughs> Nexstar will be sending the invoice. They they make sure that gets paid. Exactly. Payable, uh, Julian, please. <laughs> Julian's getting, dude. I love Julian. I was just talking to him earlier this morning. Um. So I think that another thing that you can reference to is because um, Dave had mentioned earlier about like when there's looking for something, he looks at ownership, he looks at management, you you know he looks at you ask them you know what's good, what's bad in my company. He looks at the reputation. These are some like things you can start to look at if you know that's what someone's looking for, um, you know, then start to work on those things. Like he said, don't worry about the multiples. And I, and it's the same thing. People, people ask me all the time, what's the multiples? What's the multiples people are saying? I don't even respond anymore. Cause it's just, I've seen them all over the place and I'm not pigeonholing myself into that conversation either. So don't worry about it. <laughs> just make sure you're running a smooth business. <laughs> You can't control business. the multiple, but you can control the EBITDA. Focus on the EBITDA. Ooh. There you go. Yep. And and I think the main takeaway, Dave, from my our last conversation was regardless of the multiples, right? Because you're on both sides of that equation, is yeah. home service companies, HVAC companies are good long-term investments. Period. No doubt about it. They have great cash flow. They have yep. you know, they have the ability to scale and 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 bring people into the trades and, and, and build the business. So yeah, it's the investment in a home service business is defensive growth, right? It's when the, when the, when the economy slows down or gets bad, it doesn't go way down. It may, may go down a little bit, but it's always growing through good and bad. Defensive growth. Did you hear that Paul? I got it. Yep. <laughs> we'll be hearing that again. Defensive growth. Hey, you know what else I heard is not a bad industry is roofing. <laughs> you love roofing. I love roofing. I've had so much I, success with it. And, and I just, that was before I got into the, 
HVAC, plumbing, electrical space is because roofing was was so easy and the jobs are so big. And so the, mm -hmm. the return, the profit was so great and the cost per lead was so small. So anyway, that's why I'm going to get back into that. And you actually, you lit a fire, DG, for me because you brought it up and I was like, got my wheels spinning. And so there's yeah. a one of the largest here in Phoenix is literally their headquarters is a mile away from mine. And I know the marketing manager there. She's friends with my wife. So I reached out. I just started like putting a little bug in the ear. You yep. got me going. It's a good business as well. Yep. So let's, I think this is probably a good way to finish. Cause I think we're probably roughly 45 minutes in, right? Is that right guys? Um, is, right. is to talk about, and, and Paul, unless you have something else you want to ask, I want to kind of go to our last question. And I'm really eager to hear what this is. And we, and we briefly touched on it before we did. <clears throat> so I think that, um, it's, it's, I love it. So I want to, uh, Paul, am I good to go? You have anything else? You're good to go. Okay, yeah, perfect. Thank you. All right, great. Man, it's the first listeners. You know that Paul usually chimes in like two or three more things. <clears throat> so I was surprised I'm by softy. that. So, so, um, last thing. Um, and again, I want to say, uh, this is a remarkable, um, story that you have Dave and, and, um, and you've done some remarkable things for a lot of people. And, uh, and to me that is uh, super admirable and, something I very much would love to be a part of. Like I know different want to be able to give those opportunities to other people and change lives. Like that's a pretty impactful way to, I feel like whenever I get to heaven, I'm going to get let in. If I just keep going down, if I keep chasing that path down. So I'm all about that piece of it. But what I want to know is in, in the first time I got asked this question, I think I was like 30 something. And so it seemed a little premature for me, like mid thirties. It seemed premature for me to think about, but it got my wheel spinning. And that was, my legacy. So what is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Because you're kind of living it out right now, but what's the legacy you want to leave behind? What is Dave Geiger's legacy? I guess, I guess what I would want is the, when people think of what my career or my time in the industry, and I'll just stick with business right now, but you know, but my, I would want them to think that I was, was I shared, I helped them, I cared about them, both employees and, and even people who were in the business and went on to do something else, that I'm always willing to share and help. And that whatever advice I, I gave to them, helped them on their journey. And uh, they were able to live happier lives and have more opportunity and help others along the way. So there's, there's a lot of big icons, uh, shoes to fill in, in the industry right. of people that have done that. I like to be remembered as a guy that was sharing and, and positive to other people's lives. What about personally? Ooh. <laughs> well, I would feel that obviously my family, right? I, I, I want to help them on their journeys and find out, help them achieve their goals and what they, they want in life. Uh, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'll say this. Um, your reputation precedes you. Like I've, I've only ever heard great things about Dave Geiger. Um, and Paul and I've talked about this a few times that um, there's a few who we call the godfathers of the industry because I believe you earned that respect and deserve that respect. You were certainly one of those to us. I don't us. know about that one. <laughs> we say it out loud. You can't take it away from me. I don't care what you say. <laughs> uh, and so, but but it, this comes from, you know, having having myself been in this industry now, you know, nearly 15 years um, and hearing the names of different people who I've now gotten to meet and create relationships with, um, 
you know, like perception is, is reality. Sometimes you hear something negative about someone, you meet them and they're like, this person's a great human being. I've just never heard anything bad about Dave Geiger. So yeah. that says something because people make up stuff all the time. You know, well, for, I appreciate it. So, um, but I appreciate what all you've done for the industry. I appreciate, like I, I kind of mentioned this in the first episode too, is that you're super humble and there's so much more to it. I, I was glad to kind of get into more of the M&A stuff this time around, which was pretty much the plan, just to hear you open up and talk about some of these things because it's a big deal. I mean, these companies that took you, you know, two decades, three decades to grow, you're now doubling them in less than like, you know, in three years or, you know, four years. It's incredible. The story is very cool, um, but it doesn't end. It keeps going. And 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 I... Yeah, I like to be clear. That, sorry to interrupt you. I like to be clear that, it wasn't me, right? It's it's this team that's around me that amazes me every day. What they what they do and how creative they are and what they're able to get accomplished. So um, there's there's many many great people working very hard to accomplish that goal, and and they're very excited to do it. A hundred percent. Culture is a big deal. Like you gotta you gotta want to work together you got to want to work for the company. And I think that comes down to what's the, what's the values. So this all just kind of comes full circle. You saying that is actually a perfect, is, is actually a perfect come to full circle moment of who you are is do you, you're going to defer, you're going to defer the, uh, you know, the accolades to your, you know, to those that are with you, but listen, you're very much a part of that. You're a part of your leadership on that team. You are, and you, um, you know, and so, I love it. I think it's a great story. And I think that at the end of the day, you go back and look, if I go back, if I was to go back and look at all the brands that you guys have in the whole horizon family, and I look at their reputations, I bet you they're probably pretty good. I bet you they're pretty solid. Yep. And, and that comes from the top down. Like it is what it is. Yeah. Paul, any closing yeah. words for you, man, before we roll I, out of here? Yeah. I want to come back to your personal legacy real quick. I think I mentioned this on the first podcast. I've gotten to know your children a little bit and your son-in-law and I'll tell you, and Chris would probably, I know he would agree with me here. I hope that one day our children, uh, particularly our, our girls, look at us like they look at you, like Lisa looks at you. Um, she admires you and just uh, just adores you. And I, I hope that I can leave that legacy for my kids one day, that I can be focused on work and do amazing things for other people and experience all that comes along with building successful businesses. And then my kids say, but he's still my daddy and he's <laughs> awesome. And that's all you need to know about. Thank so, you very much. I have four great blessed kids. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to see one of them in about two weeks, too. Are you? Well, what are you I'm going because I'm going to be in Charleston. So I'm staying down there for the week um, in mid-July. So I will, I'm going to pay a visit to my friends over at Preferred. That's good. Cool. Well, listen. They got some exciting things going on down there. Man, they do. I know. I'm looking for the green. I mean, what they didn't get the orange memo, though. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah. But they, You know what? I wanted to make sure they grew their own business. And that, that was I was a witness. That was important to me is is that, you know, I'm very proud. I'm more proud of what they did than what I did because they did the work, right? They, they started from nothing or, you know, had the, had the support of me and, and, and the model and, and encouragement, but somebody's got to get up in the morning and make it happen. And those two guys made it happen. They got a great thing going on, great culture and, and uh, they're excited. Yeah, I remember. I remember your son doing installs during the first couple of years there, and, and <laughs> showing up, you know, covered in dirt and grime and crawl spaces down there, and old, you know, eighteen hundred houses with jackhammers, and they earned it. They really did. I yeah. witnessed it. 
Well, they got a great they got a great team over over there for sure. So, um, and like I said, yeah, because I've got I actually got the pleasure of working with them for you know for a short period of time too, and just get to know them and watching the business kind of in its earlier phases was pretty cool. Like to see where it is today. So, yeah. Um, but Dave, listen, thanks. Actually, I'll tell you what. Any parting words for our listeners that you want to share? If not, totally okay because it's kind of an impromptu question. But is there any parting words of wisdom from Dave Geiger that you want to share with our listeners before we start to exit? I guess I would say something that that uh, Jim Abrams told told me many years ago that this business is simple. It's just not easy. It takes discipline to to do the right things day after day after day, and you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And forget the bad ones. Focus on the good ones. Believe in yourself, right? Believe in 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 yourself and what you can do. And uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot of risk in this business. Go for it and try to build a, a, if you're a growth kind of guy and you want to not everybody, everybody wants to grow, but if you want to grow, make that decision and you will grow. Just focus on doing the right things every day. Boom. Perfect. Mic drop. Mic drop. It's simple. <laughs> it's the basics. It's the basics of business. Hey, um, listeners, we will go ahead and share the information or Dave's email again, which, which we did in the first episode too, Paul. So if you actually go back and look in the notes, the, his contact information is there too. Dave's email is dgeiger at horizonservicesinc.com. I'll spell it out for you. It's D-G-E-I-G-E-R at horizonservicesinc.com. And again, we will add it in the content uh, with the show. And at the moment, I'm not sure uh, Dave is frozen um so but we listen at least we made it to the very end we did yeah and you know what it only happens on spec the last person to freeze was gary vaynerchuk, gary vaynerchuk. So. it's only happened twice there you go <laughs> listeners thank you so much Good job if, producer kyle if dave pops back in great we're so grateful he took his time to be on here with us and um and like obviously i say this all the time like time is your greatest asset when these guys give us time to come and talk on the podcast to share with you it's for you um and so yeah. i mean and sometimes it's the basics so Dave is officially gone. So we'll say he made an exit. He, gone. he made an exit. He gone. But listeners, we appreciate you so much. Hopefully you got, you got a lot of good stuff from that too. And if you've considered again, we've had these podcasts on M&A and Dave Geiger's calling me on my phone right now. Um, <laughs> actually, let's speakerphone him on the air. You want to? Oh yeah, no problem. Hey, why not? Hey Dave, welcome back. Well, we lost you, Dave. Yeah, you want to go back and finish it, or what do you want to do? No, it's okay. I got it. We're closing out right now, and then I'll give you a holler in like a couple minutes after we're done, okay? Okay. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Keep All right. that. All right. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Call me back. Multimedia. Um, yeah, so again, listeners. First, that's our first call-in. That's our first call-in. <laughs> that's true. That was our first call-in. Thanks, Dave. Man, Live. that was great. So, um, listeners, again, we appreciate you so much. If you want to connect with Dave, I highly encourage it. Um, obviously, super smart guy, super nice guy, um, knows the business inside and out and is a credible source. Like real it, deal. You know, a lot of guys don't get much, much better than that. So, okay. I'm done kissing. I'm done kissing ass. So I will share uh, a review like we do normally at the end of these things. Paul, only time you got to share the review. It's always me sharing it. I like listening to you read. Okay. Wonderful. Like why just to hear if I mess it up, like if I stumble <laughs> or if somebody doesn't put the whole entire review on there and it stops halfway uh, through. <laughs> like a dead <laughs> end. I'll never forget that. I saw that coming. I was like, there's no, you There's saw no the train wreck coming? Got it. The bridge, the bridge was out. <laughs> I thought out, you were going to wing it. The bridge was out. You knew it. That would have been a lot more funny. So we got five stars. This is from VGDRY. Uh, G-U-I-D-R-Y. Ooh. A must listen. Five stars. To the point and Rhino has... Ooh, and Rhino. You hear that, listeners? To the point and oh, Rhino has caps. been a huge, all caps, asset to my business. The content and guests 
the content and guests are best in class. After listening to other industry-related podcasts, this one is hands down the most professional and informative I've found. Highly recommend to anyone wanting to improve their business. We thank you so much for that review. That was fantastic. And listeners, we love these reviews. Obviously, we've been seeing quite a few come in. I love seeing them come in. I know Tall Paul does too. And we will feature them on the podcast. But if you don't know how to do it, again, just go ahead and open up the uh, podcast app or your app that wherever you download your podcast. Scroll to the bottom of all the episodes and it says leave a review and we will see it. So we appreciate you so much. Tall Paul, any parting words for our listeners from you? Or are you like, I'm out? No, man. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on here and learn. So uh, we're just like, and our listeners, we've said that we're just like our listeners, like we're taking notes learning. So this is awesome for us. So let's keep it going. There you go, listeners. Part to Dave Geiger, his story to a half a billion dollars. Uh, and I can't even imagine, like, I know him well enough to know at this point that that's not even where he's stopping. That's just the oh, next no. checkpoint. So hopefully you invited that up or you liked that episode. It was certainly worth the way. I, I, I loved it very much. Um, and I, again, I would encourage you, you know, if you have any questions, what, you know, whatsoever for Dave, even if it sounds stupid, reach out. I'd do it. Until next time. Peace. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, It's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, Here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review. And be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.